Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's do the right thing. Brought to you by Passion Media in association with RadioWorks and Maple Street Creative. This is the LDTRT podcast, brought in conjunction with Passion Media and RadioWorks. It was set up to tell the story of leaders in the media industries and focusing on their journeys and motivations. I myself launched a media agency coming up for two years ago now called Passion, focusing in fashion, entertainment and leisure verticals, and we've had loads of great advice along the way in doing so. In fact, a lot of it from guests on this podcast. I'm still on a mission to gather the best advice and the best people. With a background in both agencies and media owners, specifically focusing in the regions, which I'm kind of hoping for some insight on today, we're speaking today with the Business Development Director and the most celebrated presenter at last year's ITV Palooza in Manchester, Jason Spencer. How are you? I am very well, thank you. It's ITV Showcase, but I'll forgive you. It's just you've got my boss on in a couple of weeks, (laughs) and he'll uh, he'll never forgive me for that one. (laughs) Well, uh, I saw Goldson there. He does both of them, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He's he's the the one behind the scenes pulling the strings, so he's the real real hero. Well, you really were the most celebrated presenter that day. It was quite entertaining. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's very very nice of you to say. So uh, there's obviously fear uh, ebbing through your bones as you walk on stage, but I generally... uh, have some fancy shoes and get in the in the role. You did have fancy shoes, I remember those. Um, but actually, you know, on the on the presentation, there was just great content. You know, it's great to see that ITV is going from strength to strength. And you're talking about some big initiatives that are coming through that we want to be getting involved with. The you know, launch of ITVX has been fantastic, and there's some great content in there that we're we're enjoying at home. I love the work that Jay's been doing and matching data and pulling things through so that you can get much more targeted. It's great. What, what's yeah. next? Well, the thing is, the thing about telly is, and I've been ITV about, gosh, 12 years almost, is it, it's changed so much and it's so exciting. And I think you end up learning every day <laughs> in many respects. So a lot of the stuff you talked about that Jay's been doing around Matchmaker, where we're, we're blending our data with the, the data of, say, a Tesco's or a Boots. Well, you know, that, that that's a starting point. But then you start thinking, where can you take that? And um, in terms of what is next, I think it's around getting the balance between how advertisers get involved around the programs as well as in the program so around the programs is the ad formats and the clever ways that you can you can you can access that across our platforms but within the program so i think that whole world of what has previously been called ad funded content um i think is just is burgeoning and i think as we have more and more content across our platforms, I think the opportunities for brands, short and long form, I think are going to grow. So that's probably the next thing coming around the corner. Gotcha. So you've been there for 12 years. Yeah. And previously MD of PhD North. I was, yeah. 
What made then, the, what was the flip? Well, it was I never really thought of working somewhere like ITV if I'm really honest, but I think probably the the catalyst there was some change happening in the TV industry in particular ITV. Adam Crozier had gone there and he'd brought in through Hazlitt and through brought in Kelly and Dags. And I actually spoke to through last week as well. Did you? Yeah. Oh, she is a force of nature, but I didn't really know Kelly at that stage, but I knew Dags from my time at PhD in London actually. And it just piqued my interest. And then you, you get a call, you go along, have a chat, and that was that. But I, I'd done about 12 years agency side, London and Manchester, and it felt like the time for a change. Yeah, I get it. Do, do you think it... Um, I remember we, we went up to, to Manchester on a on a media... So I was running IGN at the time, and we went up to Manchester on a, a media owner... Uh, sorry, media agency tour. And I think it was... Was it Rob Nicholl? Was yes, a PhD. Yeah, he used to work for me. Yeah. So um, I went in to see him, and you know, a really interesting comment that he 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 said was that you know it's so much easier talking to you because you've got an agency background and you understand what our pressures are, and you're not trying to sell us your wares; you're trying to sell us things that work for the client. Did you feel that when you made the flip from agency side into media owner side, that it suddenly became quite a relatively easy conversation to have because you understand? Well. You'd think that, and probably for a few years after, that, that was probably thrown at me quite a lot by agencies, you, you understand. I, I think what I, what I understood was all the mistakes I'd been making when I was agency side, which was just probably my some of the relationships I had with media owners and the way that I did or didn't work closely with them. I think also at the time, a lot of the people in the in on media owners generally had started in one media and stayed in one media and not necessarily... Um, yeah. Moved from one to another. So people like Fru and Dags, who'd worked in radio and then moved over, I think were, were kind of really interesting. Chris has done that as well. Yep. And I think since then, that kind of almost like almost diversification of talent, where you cross fertilise, you bring in different work, different perspectives on the world. So in my team now, I've got people from agency world, creative agencies, client side, and you get a very different perspective on stuff. So I think at the time. It was interesting and useful, but it, it wasn't a case of knowing how to apply it that easily. Well, you stay in TV, do you think? Or you stay in ITV? Well, yeah, there's the million dollar well, question. Well, you've, you've got my, my boss and my boss's boss in a, <laughs> in a few weeks, so you can ask them. <laughs> um, but yeah, listen, hopefully. I mean, it's, it's a brilliant, you know, it's been a brilliant career. I, I think I, I've never really planned my career, if I'm really honest. And I know we've chatted a bit on this in the past. Stuff happens to you, yeah. but but you end up being privileged with what you do, and you you know, as long as you're loving what you do, you'll keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, you're right. The I wonder though whether I don't know whether we should say this or not, but just before we started recording this, we were talking about a big number that that you've just hit and I'm about to hit, yeah. and um, you get very retrospective and reflective on things. Have you looked back on your career? And I mean, you said it it wasn't particularly um you know designed but is there is there a post rationalization in there now no not not massively so so um uh and we're talking about um, 40 yeah yeah 40 yeah. no no, no. I, was, I was 50 <laughs> this week but um I, I think um which for anyone approaching that it's it's not as bad as as it might sound mm. it's a lot better than 40 i can tell you um i think you do you do look back it's inevitable um it helped that my wife turned that two weeks before so that kind of slightly softened the blow and i think you know, you kind of think, crikey, have I achieved enough? Have I done enough? Um, and I know sort of the first probably seven or eight years of my career was doing stuff totally unrelated to this industry. Um, and that was partly down to just not 
knowing what I wanted to do. So, so, so I think the one, th- and then, and then I kind of played catch up and put pressure on myself and blah blah blah. But I think, I think actually, my, the one thing I've learned is actually it's difficult to have a plan. Enjoy what you're doing at the time. I enjoyed all the stuff I did before the t- the media industry. What did you do? Uh, well, I well, I actually went, so I did philosophy at uni, and then as a oh, manager. Did you? Ah, oh, that's a good guy. <laughs> Partly because I got no real uh, advice uh, on what to do at uni, and uh, and then as a Manchester United fan, uh, I I moved over from Sheffield to Manchester um, purely to watch matches, and thought I need I need a job. Um, wrote to people because that's what you did back then um, at the BBC because I, I knew they were in Manchester, and said I'll work for nothing. Someone took me up on it. I wrote questions on a quiz show pre Google, so you had to properly research wow. it. They paid me for that. Then I uh, was assistant manager in off license. Um, and uh, doing my shoplifters, which was fun. And then I worked in telesales uh, on the classified property section of the Manchester Evening News. Oh I had God. some very good letters. I had letter T. So a number of companies that started with the. Oh. Um, well, that's good though, right? It Being, was good, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and, and then uh, when I learned to drive, they, uh, they gave me a company car. So, so that was a very um, uh, good year of making sure it didn't harm my insurance. So, so six or seven years of just, just doing stuff and then... Went travelling, signed on, thought, right, I need to get my acting gear. Yeah. Wow. And then you found media and then you found ran an agency and now you're a business development director for ITV. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's just, I mean, I, I think actually, um, and I know we were chatting about this as well, but I think one, one of the catalysts was actually moving, um, moving to Manchester. So I worked in London for about six or seven years um, at CARA and uh, PhD, which was great. Um, and uh, when uh, we had our first child, and my wife's from Northwest, we thought, well, actually, living in London is this—is this really what we want to be doing? And so, I explored with uh, Morag Blazy at the time, oh, yeah. who used to run, uh, and and Darren Rubens, who are my bosses. The idea of you know, Darren's been on this, has he? Right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, was there an opportunity to kind of stay in PhD and 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 relocate? And thankfully, there was. Um, Managed to wangle a promotion and a bit of a swap of uh, accounts at the time as well. Um, and went in, I think, about six weeks from a mid-level manager to MD. Um, so, you know, the sort of things you can't plan, but yeah. I wouldn't have had those opportunities otherwise. So, you know, l- luck is creative, but I think it's just also about finding. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So the majority then of your career has been in the regions? Yeah, so the the first, so as I say, that, that bit of the mainstream news did about four years there, and then I've been back in Manchester now 17 years, wow. at PhD and ITV. Um, and uh, yeah, when I when I moved up, I had a, a 10-month-old, and uh, this weekend he goes off to university, so oh, that's wow. uh, the cycle of life. Oh, how about that? Will, will, will he follow in your footsteps? Is a media on his mind? I, well, I, no. I mean, you know, the, the, the challenge is, as we all know with, um, with um, kids, is... Um, is is they have a lot more choice in terms of the the media these days. Um, so our joint family viewing occasions are probably not quite at the level I'd like them to be. But he's going off to do computer science uh, and is very very computer literate. So uh, you know the the world of data is such a and yeah. technology is such a big part of what TV is now. Maybe, but it'll be very different to what I do. Well, is there um, so having spent so much time in the regions and a bit of time in London, can you see a difference in the way that agencies and clients trade outside of London? Um, well, I, th- I think, that, listen, there are a lot of um, a lot of clients who are based in, and, and, and my role is I run nine offices around the UK outside London, so I'm based in Manchester, we've got offices here, there and everywhere, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Channel Islands, where, where have you. Um, but, but the clients um, that work with the agencies in those areas aren't necessarily based in those locations. So we've got some London-based clients who might work with a Manchester agency. We've got some Manchester-based clients who might have a London agency. So there isn't a really clear pattern. I think what I would say is there is a lot of clients all around the country who will naturally gravitate to London. I say the word naturally because I think that that's been the direction of travel for a long time. And compared to other developed countries, actually, we are probably too single city centric you know even if you look at the yeah, us agree, or, or germany there, there's a lot more kind of state balance. by state in the us yeah so um i think there's a there's a big opportunity there's some great um uh, agencies both network as well as independent you know and a really burgeoning independent scene outside <coughs> London, uh, including the likes of passion there you go. um <laughs> and i also think um you know w- one of the interesting things is is probably there are less layers both client side as well as agency side and media owner side outside London. So sometimes the conversations can be fast-tracked at a senior level. Yep. Uh, we've been in meetings where yeah, you've got some key stakeholders and it's sometimes easier yeah, to absolutely. make those things happen at pace. So Bring everybody together, get it done quickly. Agility, yeah. decision-making sometimes yep. can happen a little bit easier. Hmm. I don't know if you agree with that. I do, I do. I mean, that's, that's really a major reason that... Um, it's, it's a reason that we've focused outside of London for passion, that agility, bringing people together is much easier. And we also find that, you know, to a degree or to a higher degree, we're, we're below the radar. So, you know, the, the way that we start winning things, it's not in everybody's faces. And I quite like yeah. that. It keeps us quiet for a while. I do think, I mean, what there is a, there's a challenge that comes with this. I mean, I think it's fair to say before I had that conversation with Morrigan Darren all those years ago, I didn't really know what. What, what there was outside London, yeah. I, you know, I knew PhD had an office. I didn't know what media owners had offices. Yeah. I didn't know what the market was like. So I went into it a bit blindly and naively. Um, and I think probably if you, if you asked the average 
person in an, an agency or client side in London, what, what do they know about the agency scene or media owner scene outside of London? They, they may not know. So I, I feel yeah, like I there's right. probably a little bit of an opportunity to lift the lid on just the great career opportunities there are outside London, Absolutely. as well as the living opportunities. You know, and, and, and like you say, you know, I think people do gravitate towards London. And I think when when businesses are, are getting to the point that they want to start advertising and doing it at scale, they think about London, even if they're regionally based. And we're seeing opportunity by showing love to regions at the minute. So if we are out holding people's hands, showing them how to do it, making sure that, that we are part of that journey as they, they take on a big step, then we're finding much more opportunity there outside of London than we are inside of London at the minute. With a couple of recent wins, I think by the time this goes live, hopefully we'll have been covered in in campaign for the Warmzilla account, which we're talking to you and yep. your team about. So that's two and a half million quid for us out of Wales. And, you know, the the London agencies that, that were invited to pitch for it just didn't show up. Well, Did, I, th- you know. I, th- I think the thing to... If you think about all the businesses around the UK, there's there's something like six million businesses, at least around the UK. And they are located all around the UK. They're exactly. not all based in yeah. London. And so the ability to not just talk to them, as well as understand their customers it is about being in those those locations and i think um you know kind of getting out of london seeing what real consumers are doing thinking even the differences between what manchester and glasgow and newcastle and birmingham and london are like i think is is really really important for anyone in the industry i completely agree because you know it it's not just a a one size fits all for everything you you have to understand how the regions work and how people behave i mean we were talking again before this that a uh, about you know more rainy areas of the UK consume more TV. Yeah, great. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's causal or uh, or. <laughs> but well, it definitely correlates. But it definitely does. I know it will yeah. be causal because you, you won't go out as much. You'll stay yeah, in and yeah. you know. And and listen, ITV back in the day started in the northwest, and and uh, yeah. you you can you can check it out online. But but it was the weather what done it. It was the weather what done it. Wow. There you go. So something comes out of British weather and it's a major something, industry something is good. built. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you seeing trends over the last 12 years of developing people's businesses and talking to new clients? Is there a, a categories that are emerging that 10 years ago you wouldn't have thought about or are there, are there requirements, ways of trading? I mean, what's changed? 12 years is a long time. That is a that is a big question. I think, yeah. uh, so, um, I, I think, I think there's a few things I'd probably say. I think the... What... what the definition of TV has changed so much in that time. So 12 years ago, we were going in and selling something fairly simple yep. and straightforward. Now, it's both complicated, but also much more bespoke. Yep. You know, the ability to look at individually targeted data opportunities on video on demand versus buying a spot in a region or nationally, as yep. was uh, back in the day. But equally, the competition's changed. You know, we're competing for advertising uh, sort of budgets with people other than the likes of Channel 4 and Sky. So yeah. that's become much more more challenging. I also think the challenge is who we're talking to, both agency side as well as client side, in that they uh, have maybe come from different backgrounds, maybe don't watch as much TV, uh, or their media consumption may be different to the people who were doing those roles 10 years ago. So I think it's our job to excite, to raise awareness to also sort of challenge any preconceptions you know and i think having lots of new exciting stuff innovation as much as reminding people of the power of things i think it's huge so we've done it with lots of businesses 
it, it, it's, it doesn't become easier or more difficult over time. It just means you've got to adapt your approach and just understand what it is that clients want at the end of the day. And has that changed or is it? Well, I, I think what, what, they, what they want now versus what they wanted then is there's an expectation that you're going to help to demonstrate in advance that what you do is going to have a payback. Yes. Whatever that payback looks yeah. like isn't just a pounds thing. It could be something much more mm -hmm. um, nuanced around brand metrics. And also that you're going to help them measure it. Yes. Um, yeah. So that they aren't just left to do it on their own because sometimes you're talking to a business owner. They don't yeah. have a marketing team. And I think also, um, I, I think there's sometimes, and it, it's different case by case, there's the attitude to, to uh, sort of, bravery in doing things different i think maybe isn't quite there in some instances i also think that from a creative point of view i think that balance of kind of emotional and rational funny and serious ads probably is a little bit out kilter so i, th I think there are some things that it means that brands can do subtly yeah. and make a big difference agree yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree and i think the the key thing that we're seeing is that People are wanting an increase in brand awareness, which TV's brilliant at doing and creating a massive lift very quickly. But they're also wanting to measure its performance at the same time. So as well as just lifting awareness, you've got to be able to demonstrate that you've driven people through to the website and they're converting into sales. Yeah. So it is way more measurable than it ever has been. And I think one of the challenges, how you get that balance right, yeah, the short, medium and long term. And also when, when you're measuring performance, Sometimes that word can be quite loaded because I think I think you know and again going back to language, um, sometimes brand because it doesn't have the word performance in it can sometimes be seen as not working as hard as performance. So I think we probably all owe it to um, you know each other and 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 what we say to clients to make sure that we demonstrate that yeah. those two things have a huge combined effect. Oh, I agree. I agree. It has changed. I mean, I do remember. We're going back a long time now, but you know, 20 years or so ago, and a, a media plan, you know, reaching a sort of middle of the road adult audience of being Capital Radio sponsorship, centre breaking Coronation Street, 25 by 4 in the sun, and right now let's go for lunch at the Ivy. It, it was, it was. I, I remember when I was agency side, I remember working on the uh, on BT amongst others, uh, and working on the launch of broadband, which kind of shows shows my age. And and honestly, you know, some of the some of the media plans when you think back to those were very very simplistic yeah. <laughs> you were doing that now yeah so uh yeah it's it's absolutely changed i think it's i think it's more difficult but i think it's also a real golden age for advertisers for agencies and and for viewers you know the choice the opportunity is huge completely agree on, on all of those things and it actually makes it more it makes it more complicated but it makes it a more interesting and exciting industry to be in because it's all changing and it's changing at scale quickly to mm. totally and, and i think that you know you, you asked that question earlier about you know w will you stay in tv i think because it's so interesting because there's never been a better time to be doing what we do you're continually learning it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're 50 or 25 you were continually learning and i think part of our job certainly on the media owner side is to help um to share the the information we have so think about the viewing patterns we see on itvx versus itv and help people to navigate that change. What are the new ways you should measure reach and frequency and different things? So I think it's us opening things up, giving you more access to the, the tools that we use internally so that it helps you to do your job. Absolutely. And, and like, like you say, you know, the TV is changing, but I think it's the golden age for TV. So for televisual um, yeah. content, the, the, the choice down there is 
immense and the quality is lifting across everything because it has to to compete it's great it is and and i think it'll be listen at some stage things will stabilize we're seeing this kind of accelerated change the growth of streaming which mm. is part of why we launched itvx i think we're reaching probably a degree of stabilization now and i think the interesting next move will be just really about how maybe the market consolidates a little bit and maybe that this this idea that um actually we're, we're all kind of in in a slight state of flux. So ITV, we're an advertising-led business, but we also have a subscription arm, and you've got some subscription businesses who are dabbling in advertising. Mm -hmm. Where will that all play out? I think it'd be fascinating to see over the next year or two. Make a prediction. Make a prediction. I think there'll be consolidation. I think, I mean, I think one of the really interesting things at the moment in the SVOD platform is, is people like Netflix yeah. testing gaming. Right. So, and and what they're doing is they're taking program franchises and expanding that. I think that's a really interesting model for mm. them. and makes it very sticky. Is it monetizable? Right. So they've got to work out. They've got to work out how to make a profit. Yep. Um, that's the challenge there. I think you know from an ITV perspective, you know we we've had uh, quite a chunk of this year where we've grown total TV. The growth of ITVX versus the change we're seeing in 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 broadcast linear viewing. Have balanced out and we're seeing overall growth so i think it's how quickly we can grow itvx and, and i think uh, we'll it's only a, a year point. old right a year in december yeah. but i think you, you sort of forget you want to, oh, itv hub yeah. um but i think i think what, what we'll see um is i i, I think a bit more stabilization I, th I think there's a there's a balance in terms of how we all make our bottom lines uh, add up and i think there'll be those big moments, those big sporting moments, which will bring the nation together. Yeah. I think the kind of joined upness between how you might see something in one platform and then respond in another, I think will become much more better understood. I agree. We're doing some work at the moment to understand what's the impact of TV advertising on the auction performance. So think about that. You saw Marianne Earps on TV, mm -hmm. you search for something, you did something as a result. Understanding that journey, yeah. understanding how you can get the optimal blend, I think will be much better known in, in the space of a year or two. I, I completely agree. And you'll start optimising your TV ads to where the auction is cheaper. Totally. Uh, yeah, get it. It's Com a balance, yeah. moving money from one to the other. Yeah. What else is going on? One of the things at ITV is we try to be representative. Uh, going back to that point about the diversity of your workforce. This isn't just diversity of people's industries they've come from, but also diversity of background opportunity as well yep. so we have a number of staff networks uh from uh the likes of uh embrace um uh, from the likes of um able as well making sure that uh regardless of background we create huge opportunities mm -hmm. and have a representative uh, workforce overall so that diversity and inclusion strategy is very publicly put out i'm i'm an ambassador for our itv able network um i think uh, I'd, I'd seen a stat that um, around about 14 million people uh, across their lifetime will be affected by some form of disability, uh, seen or unseen. Um, and uh, the thing is, it can happen to to any of us. Mm. Um, and so um, it's an area that, that I feel really passionately about that probably I didn't understand as much and probably was slightly scared in terms of the language I was using. So I spent a lot of time engaging with our network there and I'd go and do a lot of talks outside of ITV and within ITV to just sort of champion that. And we created an apprenticeship role uh, to try and build out uh, uh, the sort of proportion of our staff as well uh, this year as well. So that's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah, well, good for you. And that, that is genuinely then bringing the whole country together. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot, lot that we do on screen as well, a lot that we're doing on the studio side and in our programming. 
Um, but it's just, uh, you know, my advice to anyone listening is, is, is however hard or intense your, your job is and how, however relentless is trying to create something uh, outside of the day to day that you get a lot of fulfillment from and you keep learning, you know, and you put yourself outside your comfort zone. And I think, um, you know, our networks need allies as much as anything. And that's kind of part of what I get involved in there. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the other things that, that ITV's been getting involved in this year is a great initiative that Saatchi and Saatchi set up called Upriser, which is uh, around trying to create opportunities for schools, normally in areas where there isn't as much advantage, to engage with the creative industries and the, the, the media industries. It's an initiative they set up a while ago. Um, ITV's their, their first partner. They've had other partners come on board since, and we partnered with a school uh, in... London in West London near our White City offices, and what I'm really pleased about is is uh, this week we've just started our first partnership outside of London in Salford. Nice. So with Salford City Academy, we're going to be doing a, a seven year program there of activity, working with kids of all ages, um, and you know it's a brilliant thing a to be doing, but b to have the opportunity to give something back. So I think um, yeah, finding those outlets outside the day job is really really important. Jason, thank you. Absolute pleasure. It was fun to have you on here. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Let's Do the Right Thing is curated and presented by Adam Hopkinson. Brought to you by Passion Media in association with RadioWorks and is a Maple Street creative production. Discover more episodes and leadership insights by searching Let's Do the Right Thing podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.